Hello, world. I'm Roger Corville, and this is For the Hope's Daily Audio Bible, where we read through the scriptures conversationally, talk about the truth claims of Christianity, and learn to fall more in love with Jesus and the people in his world. You ready? Let's roll. Welcome. One thing that's not exactly popular is hanging out with people and having a discussion about a theology of suffering well. (laughs) I mean, who wants to suffer? And then there's that verse somewhere that says, if we just have enough faith, we'll be healed, right? Didn't we just read that? Hello, Hopeful, and welcome to Saturday, episode 1956 of our journey together. Glad you've been with us on this journey, whether it's for one minute or six years. Thinking about life in light of every word of God's revelation of himself. Today in our New Testament segment, we kick off First Peter, and Peter is writing to a people who are scattered and suffering. Why? Well, in order that they might endure suffering for Jesus' sake by grounding their assurance in Christ's redemptive work and by invoking their exalted identity as God's church. Now, the bad news is, even if you pray for someone and they have faith and their cancer is healed, they're still going to die from time, accident, or disease at some point. My friends, First Peter is a tribute to God's grace that the apostle who once dared to rebuke his master over the prospect of the Messiah's sufferings and who flinched in fear when identification with Jesus became risky is in this epistle, the Holy Spirit's spokesman, to declare the necessity of both Christ's unique sacrificial suffering and of a Christian's suffering for his name. May we grow in confidence and courage likewise. 1 Peter chapter 1 Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those chosen living as exiles dispersed abroad in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctifying work of the Spirit to be obedient and to be sprinkled with the blood of Jesus Christ. May grace and peace be multiplied to you. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, Because of his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, unfading, kept in heaven for you. You are being guarded by God's power through faith for a salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. Even though now for a short time, if necessary, you suffer grief in various trials, so that the proven character of your faith, more valuable than gold, which, though perishable, is refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though not seeing him now, you believe in him. And you rejoice with inexpressible and glorious joy because you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. 
Concerning this salvation, the prophets who prophesied about the grace that would come to you searched diligently and carefully investigated. They inquired into what time or circumstances the Spirit of Christ within them was indicating when he testified in advance to the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but you. These things have now been announced to you through those who preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Angels long to catch a glimpse of these things. I'm going to pause for a second. One of the things that we're going to read in the book of Isaiah, and my friends, if you haven't been listening much, please hang the next few days because in the first in the next number of days in the book of Isaiah, we're going to be hearing the passage, the section that's generally referred to as the suffering servant passage. So what Peter is just referring to, saying that the prophets prophesied that the Messiah would suffer, that's what he's referring to. Continuing. Therefore, with your minds ready for action, Be sober-minded and set your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the desires of your former ignorance. But as the one who called you is holy, you also are to be holy in all your conduct. For it is written, Be holy because I am holy. If you appeal to the Father who judges impartially according to each one's work, You are to conduct yourselves in reverence during your time living as strangers. For you know that you were redeemed from your empty way of life, inherited from your ancestors, not with perishable things like silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of an unblemished and spotless lamb. He was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for you. Through him you believe in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. Since you have purified yourselves by your obedience to the truth, so that you show sincere brotherly love for each other from a pure heart, love one another constantly, because you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. For all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like a flower of the grass. The grass withers, and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And this word is the gospel that was proclaimed to you. Therefore rid yourselves of all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all slander, Like newborn infants, desire the pure milk of the word, so that by it you may grow up into your salvation, if you have tasted that the Lord is good. As you come to him, a living stone, rejected by people but chosen and honored by God, you yourselves, as living stones, a spiritual house, are being built to be a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in Scripture, See, 
I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and honored cornerstone, and the one who believes in him will be never be put to shame. So honor will come to you who believe, but for the unbelieving, the stone that the builders rejected, this one has become the cornerstone, and a stone to stumble over and a rock to trip over. They stumble because they disobey the word. They were destined for this. But you, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his possession, so that you may proclaim the praises of the one who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. And my friends, that gets us up through chapter 2, verse 10. And just in case we need a reminder of who exactly is worthy of our worship, who we put our hope in, who will restore heaven and earth and you, we get to the big turning point in the book of Isaiah, which begins as the majestic glory of God in creation and redemption is proclaimed among the nations, proclaimed among the weakened, proclaimed among the idolatrous, and proclaimed that dying sinners are saved and comforted and strengthened. Isaiah chapter 40. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and announce to her that her time of hard service is over. Her iniquity has been pardoned and she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice of one crying out says, Prepare the way of the Lord in the wilderness. Make a straight highway for our God in the desert. Every valley will be lifted up, and every mountain and hill will be leveled. The uneven ground will become smooth, and the rough places a plain. And the glory of the Lord will appear, and all humanity together will see it. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken." A voice was saying, cry out. Another said, what should I cry out? All humanity is grass, and all its goodness is like a flower of the field. The grass withers, the flowers fade, when the breath of the Lord blows on them. Indeed, the people are grass. The grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of our God remains forever. Zion, herald of good news, go up on a high mountain. Jerusalem, herald of good news, raise your voice loudly, raise it, do not be afraid. Say to the cities of Judah, here is your God. See, the Lord God comes with strength and his power establishes his rule. His wages are with him and his reward accompanies him. He protects his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them in the fold of his garment. He gently leads those that are nursing. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand or marked off the heavens in the span of his hand? 
Who has gathered the dust of the earth in a measure, or weighed the mountains on a balance and the hills on the scales? Who has directed the Spirit of the Lord, or who gave Him counsel? Who did He consult? Who gave Him understanding and taught Him the paths of justice? Who taught Him knowledge and showed Him the way of understanding? Look, the nations are like a drop in a bucket. They are considered as a speck of dust on the scales. He lifts up the islands like fine dust. Lebanon's cedars are not enough for fuel, or its animals enough for a burnt offering. All the nations are as nothing before him. They are considered by him as empty nothingness. With whom will you compare God? What likeness will you set up for comparison with him? An idol? Something that a smelter casts and a metal worker plates with gold and makes silver chains for? A poor person contributes wood for a pedestal that will not rot. He looks for a skilled craftsman to set up an idol that will not fall over. Do you not know? Have you not heard? Has it not been declared to you from the beginning? Have you not considered the foundations of the earth? God is enthroned above the circle of the earth. Its inhabitants are like grasshoppers. He stretches out the heavens like thin cloth and spreads them out like a tent to live in. He reduces princes to nothing and makes judges of the earth like a wasteland. They are barely planted, barely sown. Their stem hardly takes root in the ground when he blows on them and they wither and a whirlwind carries them away like stubble. To whom will you compare me? Or who is my equal? Asks the Holy One. Look up and see, who created these? He brings out the stars by number. He calls all of them by name. Because of his great power and strength, not one of them is missing. Jacob, why do you say, and Israel, why do you assert, my way is hidden from the Lord and my claim is ignored by my God? Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the whole earth. He never becomes faint or weary. There is no limit to his understanding. He gives strength to the faint and strengthens the powerless. Youths may become faint and weary and young men stumble and fall, but those who trust in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not become weary. They will walk and not faint. Be silent before me, coasts and islands, and let peoples renew their strength. Let them approach. Let them testify. Let's come together for the trial. Who has stirred up someone from the east? In righteousness he calls him to serve. The Lord hands nations over to him, and he subdues kings. He makes them like dust with his sword, like wind-driven stubble with his bow. He pursues them, going on safely, hardly touching the path with his feet. Who has performed and done this, calling the generations from the beginning? I am the Lord, the first, and with the last, I am he. The coasts and islands see and are afraid. 
the whole earth trembles. They approach and arrive. Each one helps the other and says to another, Take courage. The craftsman encourages the metal worker. The one who flattens with the hammer encourages the one who strikes the anvil, saying of the soldering, It is good. He fastens it with nails so that it will not fall over. But you, Israel, my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, descendant of Abraham, my friend, I brought you from the ends of the earth and called you from its farthest corners. I said to you, you are my servant. I have chosen you. I haven't rejected you. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be afraid, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will hold on to you with my righteous right hand. Be sure that all who are enraged against you will be ashamed and disgraced. Those who contend with you will become as nothing and will perish. You will look for those who contend with you, but you will not find them. Those who war against you will become absolutely nothing. For I am the Lord your God, who holds your right hand and who says to you, Do not fear, I will help you. Do not fear, you worm Jacob, you men of Israel, I will help you. This is the Lord's declaration. Your Redeemer, your Redeemer is the Holy One of Israel. See, I will make you into a sharp threshing board, new, with many teeth. You will thresh mountains and pulverize them and make hills into chaff. You will winnow them and a wind will carry them away. A whirlwind will scatter them, but you will rejoice in the Lord. You will boast in the Holy One of Israel. The poor and the needy seek water, but there is none. Their tongues are parched with thirst. I will answer them. I am the Lord, the God of Israel. I will not abandon them. I will open rivers on the barren heights and springs in the middle of the plains. I will turn the desert into a pool and dry lands into springs. I will plant cedar, acacia, myrtle, and olive trees in the wilderness. I will put juniper, elm, and cypress trees together in the desert so that all may see and know, consider and understand that the hand of the Lord has done this. The Holy One of Israel has created it. My friends, that gets us up through 41, verse 20. The Lord, my friends, challenges idols to do what only He can do. Predict the future and then carry it out. And my friends, this reveals the uniqueness of the Bible as a record of fulfilled prophecies. Maybe we should likewise challenge the idols in our own lives. In fact, let's just take it to the Lord. Lord, someone here, right here and now, needs, needs your mercy, needs the confidence and courage that comes from the one and only place that it can come from, which is the indwelling of the Holy Spirit that reminds them in their innermost being that you've got this that we need not fear, that we need not fear the 
they who could hurt the body, who could take away our jobs, who could create a passport that would mean we can't go into a store to buy food, whatever it might mean, Lord, whatever whatever the temporary fears of this world may be, Lord, I pray that we would be grounded again, yet again in you, set apart holy like you're holy. Lord, give us that peace. Give us confidence that it is not by our strength, but by yours, that we will rise up with wings like eagles. We will run and not be weary. We will walk and not be faint. We love you, Jesus. And I love you, my friends. Amen. Amen.